Hello, hello, my friends. This is Trina here, and this is the shit they should have taught us in school. I have a special treat for you today. So I decided I really wanted to start having interviews with people, having conversations, just really getting other people's views on the world, on what they know. And so today is my very first release of an interview. It is not my first interview, but it is my first release with Alana Brown. And Alana Brown is a registered Ontario psychotherapist and a dating and a relationship coach. And when I had decided that I was gonna do these, I realized February was coming close, Valentine's Day around the corner, and I thought, who better than to talk about love than Alana. So grab your favorite drink, take a seat, take a walk, however you listen to podcasts, and I hope you enjoy it. I have here today with me Alana Brown, friend, client, talented woman. She is a registered Ontario psychotherapist and a dating and relationship coach. And I wanted to talk with Alana because February, Valentine's Day, love, it just kind of all seemed fitting. And so welcome, Elena. Thank you, Trina. <laughs> it's a real treat to be here. I've been gaining a uh, lot with you also. <laughs> I want you to, in your own words, I want you to tell us about yourself. Tell us about you, who you are, and then what you do. Okay, so I am actually turning 50 this week, so. That's an exciting milestone. Happy birthday. Yes. And mother and grandmother of a large family. I'm Jewish. I'm Orthodox, which is you. What, what is large? Like, what does, what does that entail? Well, I have six kids and three are married. So grandmother, also a mother, while still having some kids at home, too. So uh, we're kind of doing both ends of things. And how, um, many, how many grandbabies do you have? How many grandbabies do I have? So I have now eight. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Thank God. Awesome. So I, my original degree was actually in a master's in education, K through eight. And then I hated it. I did not enjoy teaching. And I thought, okay, there must be more to work. Um, probably you're supposed to really like what you do and enjoy what you do. And I wasn't enjoying it. It wasn't a good match for my skill set. Um, I wasn't getting good energy from it. So I uh, tried my way through other things, but eventually got to actually matchmaking, which in our community is, is big. And I started working as a matchmaker. I actually made my first match at 19 years old. Like, I guess it's been in my blood trying to figure out who clicks with who, because it's very easy to figure it out one way sometimes, like you're going to like her, but is she going to like you best, right? So that was kind of, for me, the the mystery of it all is like, I want to find people that are going to like each other. So that was how I started. And I, so at 19, I made my first match and I made another one later, but um, I think it was in my, I have to just think back. I started, I went back to school in my, when I was like 39, but probably it was in my mid-20s that I started doing matchmaking on a more like larger scale and I started like just really enjoying it and feeling that enjoyment that we want to have out of our lives and out of our careers and it was a great it was a great it was great for me to be there but along the way I was 
hitting something where I was finding that, you know, some people I was working with and either I was matching them up or someone else was matching them up and they were moving on from this stage. And then I would meet some people that it was just hard to watch them like date and date and date. And it was like the pain and the frustration and the annoyance and the endless cycle of dating um, on my end a little bit too, but also like, you know, mostly on their end, like I felt bad that people are kind of stuck in this. And so I said to myself, like, there must be more to this. Like there must be more to this, like than what I know. Cause I kind of knew as a matchmaker, like my innate gut feeling of who's going to like who and how this works. And then I went back to school and I got my master's in marriage and family therapy and proceeded to become a registered psychotherapist and coach as well. Awesome. So it's it's kind of evolved from dating and relationships to now the whole relationship circle. Yes, exactly. And it's it's I am on a evolved life journey. Constantly evolving. (laughs) I like the people. I mean, I will work with anyone who comes to me, but I definitely um, enjoy helping people really get to know themselves and really figure out, like, how can we open the doors to be able to be, if you really want to be in a real relationship, which that's also part of the process, right? Um, do we want to? Are we scared of it? Like, why are we scared of it? You know, and like really helping people have that deeper understanding. And and ultimately, if they want to get there, then like get them as ready as it could be. The, there's one part that we can't do, which is bring the right person into their life. However, I feel like if you're in that place where you're ready, it's a much better chance that they will show up. And when they show up, you'll be ready to really connect in a deep way. Right. And so what would you say is the most common challenge people face when it comes to relationships or dating? So, so I, you actually gave me the questions before, so I had a chance to think <laughs> and ponder a little bit, you know? Yeah. And um, so I actually realized that I actually want to share uh, a little bit about the solution and then come to the, the problem. Great. I was thinking about it deeply. And I was thinking that there is a a very important piece of life. Honestly, it's not just in relationships. About us needing to feel that we are lovable and valuable and wonderful and interesting and unique and respectable. I don't know if they're all words. I might be making some of them up right now. But like, just the way we are, And like imperfectly perfect that we can make mistakes and like be forgiven for them and that we can mess up and also improve ourselves. Some people say, well, they just have to accept me just the way I am. And like, no, we still have to be nice people and and good to other people. And if we are not succeeding in an area, look at ourselves in the mirror and say, how can we improve? So we can't be scared to improve. But if we're, I guess, in a very fragile state, it's hard to hear criticism from other people. So we have to be in a place where we kind of love ourselves, love our own humanness, uh, love the imperfect human beings that we all are, the mistakes that we're all going to make, the the fixing our, the picking ourselves up when we fall in that we're all going to have to do and the space to allow it in ourselves and allow it in someone else. 
So I think that's ideally the skills that we need to be in relationships. They're they're tough. Like we don't care. I don't candy coat. Like being in relationships are hard. Being in relationships, I personally am in a relationship for quite a long time already. And every day is a new day to roll up our sleeves and work hard. And on the other, the other thing though, I do want to add, in case I scared anyone away, that they're like, if you have good relationships and whether it's a marriage, a partner, a friend, like these are the relationships that actually make our life worth living, right? The relationships that we have with people, whether it's our spouse, our partner, our friend, our child, our parent, like these are the relationships. Right. And the, you, you mentioned something, you know, you said it's, you need to love yourselves and then be willing to grow. Um, and then you said something about skills, like you need the skills to love yourself. So what would you say? I'm throwing this, this left field, left field question here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say? is like a a skill that you would want to pass on to somebody to like if someone was like well how do I love myself like what would be one of those tools or one of those skills that you'd really highly recommend yeah how do we love ourselves and how do we love other people I, I think we really have to have compassion and see the goodness of ourselves and forgiveness and and belief and hope and hope. Being honest with you, I've seen a lot of people lose hope, lose hope in themselves, lose hope in relationships. We've all like I I think most people have been through enough of their own share of hard times, hurts, disappointments, and when we go through them, they can crush us. And I don't I don't judge the people who have been crushed. Because they can be quite crushing, quite crushing, quite disappointing. People, people can hurt, be hurtful. You know, it's life experiences have been hurtful. They're, they're, it's true. I guess I believe in the human spirit um, to survive. And even when we're down, to find it in ourselves that we're still worthy and great and Maybe we need to remake ourselves. Maybe we need to find something new that we love and that we enjoy, something new that we're good at, but or just appreciate where we are in life and maybe where we're come or just like looking at ourselves with eyes of compassion, of appreciation, um, forgiveness, except that we're all like imperfectly perfect. I like that. Perfection is one of those things that kind of get rid of. Enemy yeah. of the good, right? Yeah. Toss it out. Yeah. Um, and then, so, pardon? He said 80-20. 80-20, yes, yes. <laughs> so, Alana is um, one of my business clients, and I we we go over a rule. It's called the, the 80-20 rule Pareto principle. So, she's throwing that back in my face. I appreciate that. Good. Exactly. Um, so I just did a podcast episode and called the problem with dating. And in the episode, I talk about, you know, how online dating has become kind of, a a shallow judgmental experiment. You swipe right on someone that you think is attractive. And all of a sudden you get like a, it's a match and it gets this like dopamine hit. And then 
also too, because there's such like, it's so easy to go through the online dating experience. And if you have, let's say, a, a conflict with someone or somebody says something that like, just you're like, you know what, I don't really like that answer. You can kind of just delete them and ghost them and go away. So it's it's really just become this, I find, um, you know, reactionary kind of shallow judgmental experiment. And I also find that like on the online dating scene, there seems to be only really two options that I have found. Like you go on dates and either dates are looking to further sexually uh, a little bit too soon into you know the relationship or it's like after the first date all of a sudden there's this huge expectation of you know you need to call me you need to do all of these things and it's like the instant relationship and so those are some of the things that I talk about on the episode and then the other one is that there's a communication barrier between you and these new people because Again, new people, it, it can be scary. Maybe this is just my experience. Um, I recently actually just finished the book called Attached, and I'm learning a lot about my attachment style. <laughs> but in terms of, you know, these these points on communication and the online dating field, what are your thoughts or advice for people that are dealing with, you know, frustration in the online world and frustration with the online dating scene? Okay, so I definitely hear you and I listened to the podcast and I agreed with a lot of what you said, which is, first of all, like a lot of people are looking for shallower relationships on there. And I think that um, one of the reasons why people are doing that is because of the hurts that they've experienced. So shallow relationships are fun. They don't require that, you know, braver, deeper work. And you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's nice, you know, and, and it's a great, and it's, and honestly, it's set up like that, right? Swipe right, swipe left, you know, it's like, it's set up to be kind of super casual and easy to do it that way. And, and the ghosting for sure. I think Trina knows that I'm going to be having some dating tips coming out. And I think the last one is don't ghost, be a considerate human being and just say, you're not for me in a very nice way in the nicest way possible. Um, but I love the advice of saying, be honest, bring in your own ba boundaries, set your own standards, respect yourself and, and show respect to others, you know? And I think that uh, if you're going on those online dating sites, then know, know what it's about, know the jungle that's out there, but know that like, just because it's a jungle out there and some people are acting that way, that you have every right to, to do this your way and the way that you feel you want to use them. And there are people, honestly, there are many people who have met long-term potential matches on there, on JSwipe and all these different ones. And, and they have beautiful, meaningful relationships. So I think there are people in all these online places that want it also. And I think it's about presenting who you, who, what kind of relationship you're, and your definition, which you also talked about, your definition of what I love you means and what relationship means. and like putting it out there in a clear way. If you don't mind me going into what I think I wanted to say before, which is the problem with dating is that most other relationships in our life, 
we've done slowly, right? Like we go to school with them, we work with them, maybe we play tennis with them. And then slowly, those people that start off as acquaintances, friends of convenience or recreation, and then they become slowly in the category of real friends, you know, friends of value, friends of, that we do, that we share our heart and soul with, right? And none of those relationships start off, like you said, instantly. Nobody gives their heart to anybody instantly. It doesn't work like that. And people that do that, honestly, that's, that's actually, I would want to do therapy with them too, because we shouldn't be doing that, right? We shouldn't be giving our heart away to people so instantly in an instant second of chemistry. Like that's not, that's not safe. So we build, the, we build these relationships. We start them off as acquaintances. And then slowly, people naturally, we have a good life experience with them. We have fun with them. Then we share a life experience. We start to trust them. They're someone we go to speak to. And then we start to respect them. And then slowly, we're like, you know what? You're actually my person, you know? And, and that's how we kind of, and it's like that with our partner, but it's like that with every good, good, good friend that we let into our sphere of friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, and those, by the time you get there, you're at a spot where you're not worried they're leaving. You, they love you with your mistakes. They love you and they can give you a little bit of feedback here. They love you with your imperfections and they support you through the good and bad. And you can relax in those relationships and show up and be yourself, you know, and those, and that's like, unfortunately, that's not the people that come to dating right away and we're trying to kind of force that in but actually when we're not feeling 100% safe so we are a little nervous and a little bit awkward we're putting on our mask right but and that's it that's how it is and i guess the believe in ourselves believe in other people um believe that people are like that the people and relationships are going to happen in the right time, the right pace. We can slowly take off our masks and build something real, but it doesn't happen like instantaneously. And people have to allow some space for the process. <laughs> I think that was something like that I was, I, I just, I had to recognize in myself. I've definitely come a long way, but there's that instant like, I don't know, it's like, oh my God, there's this connection here. Like, have yes. my heart. Okay. And it was, it's, it's been something and like, it's, it's something that you consciously have to work with because if that's your pattern, it can, it can definitely overhaul. And it can be very hurtful, right? To, to mm-hmm. be in relationships and give your heart away and then be really, really hurt. And, and yet, and yet, Trina, we like flavors of ice cream. We go to the ice cream store and some of us pick, you know, chocolate, uh, peanut butter, and some of us pick vanilla cookie crunch, you know, and, and, and that's okay because that's, we're not drawn to everybody. I always say like, if everybody was drawn to everybody, how would people end up together? Having that instant chemistry is not, not a bad thing. It's just not what you bank on long-term. Mm-hmm. You start, with maybe, maybe you're lucky that you start with it. Some people don't get so lucky and they start with a lesser feeling of just, you're nice. Let me see where this is going to go. And both of them can end up in something really real and beautiful. I don't feel like opposites necessarily have to attract or the same have to get together. I feel like they both work. Mm -hmm. And you see that across the board. But I think that 
Uh, sometimes people who have a similar type of energy can work very well together, and sometimes opposites work very well together. And I think what I what I think maybe I feel is that we're all looking for some balance inside, and maybe somebody that's like maybe leaning a little more one way kind of a, it gets attracted to the other way sometimes like that may you know like maybe someone who's a little insecure like someone very secure on the outside you know like it could be a little bit of that in that initial attraction you know i i want to be with somebody like um very funny someone that gets my jokes you know so like that sometimes a vibe like Finding someone that finds, like, one person might like to laugh at someone's jokes, one person might like to make the jokes, and they're appreciating each other. And I've actually noticed that there's a connection on life experiences, right. like, maybe even, like, pain. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, that recognition of finding someone who gets you because they kind of understand what you've been through, and it's very relatable, and... And I, I think it's very interesting and it might be something that you'll only know more later as you get to know each other on a deeper level. But I think there's some times you meet somebody and you just feel like that's just been my experience. Yeah. What would your what would you say your definition of chemistry is then? Like, what do you think that is? What is it? I think it's like the excitement of, and natural desire of being with another person. Yeah. Like not forcing. You know what, Trina? This is what I tell people. I'm like, the, some people tell me, I like all people. I could talk to anyone. I could talk to a wall. And I'm like, right. But let's say it's a Sunday and you get to choose who you call to spend a few hours with. I said, who are you going to call? You know, because like, yeah, you could talk to anybody. And if you're anywhere, if you're somewhere at a party, you could talk to anyone in the room. But who are you going to call when it's your choice? It's a quiet Sunday and you need to, you know, you want to do something with someone you care about for a few hours. Who are you going to call? Good. I love that. Who are you going to call? Who am I going to call? That's a good question. Well, I do have a husband. <laughs> I'm about to call him first. <laughs> and, and then That's there. And my sister, you know, I could add in some people there. <laughs> so what we just say is, because, you know, the title of this podcast is the shit they should have taught us in school. And I think there's just so much that, you know, it's not always obviously the school's responsibility to educate us on every aspect of life, but our parents, especially like they have to work to provide us, you know, the house and the food so they can't do it either. So when it comes down to relationship, what do you think is something that would have been useful for them to teach us in school? Yeah, I love that question, Trina. And it actually gave me a, it, it was great that you gave me the questions in advance, because honestly, like I it was great thinking about them. I just was like brainstorming them and like thinking about what I thought. And you know what I got to? I, I, I got to a very important piece in my childhood, which was learning about getting into fights and making up. And I don't think I got the lesson so well down pat when I was in in school that when you have a fight with someone, you make up and you say sorry and you forgive each other 
And then you love each other back to the way you were. And it doesn't take away from the relationship. And in therapy, we call it like rupture and repair and how important it is to know about rupture and repair and the different ways rupture and repair happens. It can happen. It doesn't have to just be through the good communication is, is a great way for it to happen. And it's usually a part of it, to be honest, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just having a good experience with them again that changes that feeling of, you know, we're not in a good place. Um, and I think that is, to me, like, that's something I don't think I learned. I guess, you know, from my journey in life, I still feel bad about something that happened in like grade six or seven. And I'm friends with that person and she doesn't even care or remember it. But for right. me, it was like, how did I do that? That was like meanest thing in the world. And, and honestly, it was just probably because I have an ADHD brain and something stupid slipped out of my mouth and I wished I could take it back. And, and like, and I did ultimately apologize, but like, I'm still mad at myself. What were you thinking and doing? And like, you know, how could you take a relationship and throw it down the toilet when it didn't go down the toilet? We make mistakes and then we make, and we make up and then, and then we're back together and everything's okay again. And we love each other and the relationship is safe again. Mm -hmm. I just had like an interesting thought that came into my head here because when we think about fights and you know we we have an argument and then we make up and then even the words rupture and repair it almost gives the illusion that if you have this argument something's going to be broken and like when you break something and fix it it's never actually fully the way that it was yeah but like, because I I'm, I play around a lot with, you know, the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. And it's like that. It's almost like there's that perfectionism in there. Whereas like with a growth mindset and like taking a look at it because everything formed from creation, you can just build something even more beautiful. So I think there's there's something really to I'm going to be playing with this later. That's actually true, Trina, because when you have rupture and you repair it, that you actually create something even more beautiful. And I, I think that's something that people don't realize in dating and in relationships that actually talking about what's bothering you and in a nice, obviously it has to be done in a nice, respectful way, not through yelling and stonewalling and all that kind of stuff. We have to work on how to do it right, <laughs> which I think I have on my website too now, right? How to have conflict in a, in a good way. But if we do it nicely and respectfully, and our voice is heard and their voice is heard. And we find a way to actually, it's more important to hear each other's voices and point of view with respect than even what we figure out the solution's going to be. But actually, the relationship feels like even better. Mm -hmm. Even stronger, even better. We, we, we understand each other more. We like get people more. It's like, oh, wow. Through this experience, I actually learned even more depth of who you are. Yeah. And I love you even more. Yeah, it's it's almost like every every fight has the opportunity for um to to create an even more solid foundation. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you can find the less. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and 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 fight fairly, right? We have to fight yeah. fairly. That's why, you know, people say like that back to that, what I said in the beginning, like you still have to be in, in I'm, I'm Jewish, be a mensch. You got to be a mensch in your relationships. You got to be a mensch too. What's a mensch? 
mensch is is just a good person, a nice human being. Okay. Someone who treats others with respect and yeah. and 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 is respectful to themselves at the same time. Be a mensch. Be a mensch. Gonna be an Instagram post of mine. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um what's the what's the best date you've ever been on? So so I don't was it with I, your husband? What I enjoy doing with my husband is actually activities where we're out of our heads and like in the fun, you know? So whether it's playing a game, like just a board game, you know, with, with a bowl of popcorn or even watching a movie or going on a bike ride or on a hike, to me, that's it. Just get out of my head, be in the experience, really, truly present and and happy. And have that chemistry that you're dry describing. It comes in there. Like that's, that's, I think, one big place where you feel the chemistry. When you're just with someone and enjoying and taking off that mask and being yourself and just being silly and goofy and funny and laughing and just feeling like, I feel myself here. And because you've mentioned it a couple of times in this, and I, you aren't the first person that I've heard it from, taking off the mask. What, what is that? What do you, how do you describe that to people? Like what? That's a good question. The mask looks different. Not everybody has the same mask. Some people have a very smiley people pleaser uh, mask. It doesn't have to be smiley and people pleaser. It doesn't have to be together. Actually, it could be more of a happy mask. Um, some people have a more logical mask. You know, some people have a more jokey mask. It's it's the mask we put on to protect ourselves from being truly vulnerable. Um, it's that first front that we kind of bring into the world. Maybe it's our professional mask sometimes, you know, like the mask where like it's not relevant or appropriate, maybe deemed in that manner, maybe by us or by other people, you know could be different things for different places and people. But like, it's the place, it's that, it's when we're not really bringing ourselves, our emotions, our maybe our opinions, you know, meaning our flavor. Like, it's just kind of this, it's like, it keeps us safe because it doesn't let necessarily show all our vulnerabilities. So would you say that it's, um, it's, it's maybe, well, for me, it sounds like it's a performer. Like you're, you're trying how you want to present yourself to the world. Is that? I, I, I think it could be looked at, but I think some people wear their mask unconsciously. Okay. So I don't know if everybody would call it a performance because if they don't realize that it's what they do to, to protect themselves, then they might just. First of all, I would say two things. They might not realize that they're doing it. And and secondly, I think that actually a lot of people don't realize that how other people are perceiving them when they wear their mask. Right. So so you know, someone might come home from a date and say I had a great time, but the other person really didn't. Do you know what I mean? And it, and it, and 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 sometimes it's it's because of the mask. It's because 
you know, yeah, I looked like I, I put on the friendly smile, but inside I was not enjoying, you know, I was not enjoying that date. I was bored to death. But on my mask, I was because you're polite, right? I was pretending to laugh and joke around. And um, but inside, I was like, oh, wait, please go home already. I want to go home, you know? <laughs> and so what and would be like your number one? tip for people to because I guess when you're saying people aren't consciously aware yes. when their mask is on yes. how what would be something that you could tell people to do that would help them understand what is their mask and what is not their mask yes that's a great question I think that's where mindfulness comes in you know starting to like be aware am I being myself Am I wearing, am I, is this how I am when I'm relaxed and comfortable and secure and happy? Is this how I act? Or am I in my part? Like if anybody's into IFS here, but like, am I in my part? The part that tells me this is appropriate and this is not. The part that tells me um, you have to be funny so people like you. You know, the part that maybe tells you, Stay logical because if you show your emotions, then they're going to have an advantage over you or, you know, meaning like it's the part that tells us do this because you'll stay safe and no one no one's going to hurt you. Okay, so be mindful and ask questions and be curious, curious. Great. And you know what? Be mindful and curious of yourself. And honestly, if you want to date well. Be mindful and curious of the person across from you, too. And whatever we're talking about here, do it to yourself and do it to them. Okay. Yeah, curiosity, I, I still am very convinced it saved my life. So wow, it's, uh, it's, it's a powerful, powerful podcast on curiosity. Pardon? I hope you did a podcast on curiosity. Oh, I will. I got a list. Okay. <laughs> Looking forward to it. And then we're just one more question for you. Hey, what's your go-to song to get you out of a funky mood? So I actually probably will sometimes watch a romantic movie on Netflix <laughs> more than that. But usually it's my 80s playlist from okay. high school. You know, the songs I liked in high school. ABBA and what else do we like to listen to then? Um, I have it. I usually play, I just go to Apple Music and put on 80s, softer, and that's what I usually listen to. So right now, because I'm going to force you to pick a song, are we going with okay. ABBA? Go on. Sorry? You want me to pick a song? Yeah. Um, so there's actually a Jewish song that I like a lot. Okay. And it's called Forever One. By for those of you who are no Jewish music, uh, it's by Avraham Fried, and I like that a lot. They can Google it. And what's the what's the rom com you usually go to? <laughs> what's a rom com? <laughs> yeah, you said you go to Netflix and you want some romantic movies. What's the what's romantic? Uh, what what's the romantic movie? I love I love Hitch. Oh, that's a cute one. Yeah, it's a cute one. It's a cute that's one. Cute. He's a dating coach for guys that want to get their girls that are probably a little hotter than them. 
a little out of their league, but but he gets them all the girls. Yeah, that is a cute one. I just yeah. watched uh, 27 Dresses last night. Oh, okay. I don't think I've seen that. It's about, uh, actually, it's funny because you're talking about one about a dating coach and this is about a girl who plans weddings and I used to be a wedding planner. There you go. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, Just, I guess, the one last thing. Is there anything else that you want to say? Do you have any other advice or anything that you want to add from all of this? This was so fun, by the way. I had an awesome time. Um, I just would tell people, like, don't give up. Don't give up on yourself and don't give up on relationships. Even if you've had a lot of disappointments, like, find your way back to believe in it because it's worth it. Awesome. Amazing. So thank you for tuning in to The Shit They Should Have Taught Us in School. That was Alana Brown. And if you have any questions, you want to check her out online, you can go to her website, www.alanabrown.com. I also need to sneak a little last minute happy birthday in here because uh, I am recording it on February 13th, which is her birthday. So Alana, in case you are listening, happy birthday. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. And that's all for now. So have a good night. And until next time, see you later. Bye.